0: Welcome to Linda's Corner. My name is Linda Bjork, and today we're going to be talking about financial freedom. I'm delighted to welcome special guest, Gordon Stein. Gordon is a personal finance expert, international keynote speaker, blogger, and the author of Cashflow Cookbook, $2 million in financial freedom in 60 easy recipes. You can find Gordon's book on Amazon, and I'll include a link in the description. Welcome, Gordon. I'm so glad that you could join with me today.
1: It's great to be here at Linda's Corner.
0: I am so delighted to be talking to you. In fact, I'm super excited. When I read through all of the things and all of the claims that you make, I thought, dang, if this man can deliver, I am interested. In fact, I even went out and I bought your book and it arrived today, like five minutes ago. It was in the mailbox. And so I am so excited to be learning from you today. Because for most people, finances is like your number one stressor. What are you stressed about I'm stressed about money and and we get advice we have some advice, but you do it differently. Can you explain what is different what what did you do that made me go buy your book?
1: <laughs> yeah um... Well, I bribed you. No, I didn't. Yeah,
0: well, there um, you
1: go. <laughs> I, I think, you know, when people think about finances, to me, they view it as this tug of war. So there's this notion, half the people say, you know, you got to give up all kinds of things today. You have to budget and you have to save 10% of what you earn. And I think it's bad advice because people hate budgeting. They don't think they have <laughs> the 10% of freedom, And they don't want to give up the stuff they like because they like it. So the other group of people say, oh. Well, let's live for today. I'm going to have a great time. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. And they end up as a Walmart greeter down the road. So I think <laughs> both of those are really bad ideas. So I made a discovery several years ago. I've always loved personal finance. And I stumbled in a way to get car washes for free, legally. Now, it's not a big deal, but it saved me $25 a month. I thought, you know, that's pretty cool because it was easier than what I was doing before. And I'm getting free car washes. So I thought, great. Then I stumbled into how to slash the cost of my home alarm monitoring in half. So this wasn't a big deal, you know, all in on $75 a month, richer. But what was cool was it was minimal effort, minimal sacrifice. And I thought, what else is there? And I can be a bit obsessive, uh, including my guitar collecting. And so Wish I started I gathering these things up in a list. And then I did the math. I got to $13,000 of monthly savings ideas. Monthly. Wow. But then I thought, hey, what would this be worth if you could invest this money, at, say, 7% over 10 or 20 years? And the numbers were astronomical. So I took it to my account. And I said, hey, where's the error in the math here? He looked at it all over. He says, the math, is, say the math is good. He said, this would make a great book. And uh, 230 pages later, Cashflow Cookbook was born. <laughs>
0: I love that. Okay. So let me go back and summarize and you can tell me if I got this right. So for most people, when you're asking for some basic financial advice, they're going to say, okay, you need to budget and you need to save 10%. And the problem with that is sometimes even the word budget makes people panic. In fact, I've heard a lot of financial advisors, they don't use the word budget because it has such a negative connotation. They say, let's talk about your cash flow." Because cash flow doesn't make people panic like the word budget does. Because whenever we hear that word, the first thing we think of is, I have to give up everything that I love. I, my choice is to be miserable now or poor later. And, and, and these are my options and I do not love any of them. And so for some people, their solution is, well, I, you know, I'm just, I don't want to talk about money. I don't want to think about money. I la 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 la. And so you're coming up with, it is, I would have to say it is a form of budgeting, in saving money, being thrifty, being wise, and then using the savings that were easy that did not hurt me. Like you still got your car washed. It just, you got it washed for free. I don't know how you did that. Maybe you're going to tell us. And then um, and then taking that money and investing it. So there's investments involved. There is some paying attention involved, but it's not, uh, but there's small and simple things that aren't going to make me feel like I have to be miserable now in order to be successful later. Is that, am I, am I catching it kind of in you, that you, show?
1: You, you've got it right on. I think we missed all of this stuff. Um, you know, tomorrow I'm going to go see the Eagles, my wife and I, and we have fabulous seats because you know what? Good concert seats are much more enjoyable than lousy concert seats that are way up high. (laughs) Okay. Now, when it comes to my gas bill or electrical bill or water bill or a car insurance or home insurance, I will promise you those things are ground down to nothing. And it takes almost no time to do it. And that funds the great... Concert tickets. It funds my guitar collection. It funds our kayaks. And, you know, you can go and have a great life. You want a latte? Go have a latte. You want some Kentucky bourbon at the end of the day? You know, we've got a whole cart full of great bourbon. And so you live a much richer life and you get rid of this thing that hangs over us. You're exactly right. It's our number one stress, according to the American Psychology Association. So let's get rid of it. We can do it all. I can tell everyone what they need to know in the course of this podcast.
0: Yes, please start. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am all ears. So
1: where do we start? Is that what you want to know? Oh
0: yes, let's start. So how do how do normal people, just average everyday people, what, 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 how do how do we succeed?
1: Yeah, so in in the book Cashflow Cookbook, I lay out a number of steps. And often financial authors they say, well, step one is you know establishing an emergency fund, and I don't find the fun in that. Here we are, giving something up again. So let's not start there. You can go there, and it's a good idea to have one. I wouldn't start there. So there's lots of uh, cooking puns, as you might expect, in cash flow cookbooks. It's a money book. It's themed, and it's written much like a cookbook. So I think the first thing to do, as we say in the book, is we're going to broil a bill. It's just as simple as that. So you can pick one that looks interesting. And in the book, and on my website, cashflowcookbook.com, I tell you exactly, like a recipe, how you broil each of your bills. And it's not onerous. You can sit down with your laptop in 10 minutes, and you can free up 100 or $200, 100% guaranteed. So as an example, let's take something like car insurance. So most people, they signed up for car insurance. It was somebody's brother-in-law back when, or somebody said, oh, I'm with this company. And you never give it another thought. But now what's wonderful is there's all kinds of sites where you can go online and you can shop your car insurance. Sitting at your desk doesn't take 10 minutes. You enter your you know, your vehicle details, your driving details. It's not hard at all. And up come 12 quotes. I'm not calling anyone. I'm not listening to bad old music. There's no shoe leather involved. I just sit here. I go on these sites and I shop it. And I would say... I mean, when I shot my own car insurance, the swing was $350 a month from the cheapest to the most expensive provider, uh-huh. identical insurance.
0: Wow. Okay. So that's a great place to free up some cash. Right. 300 so, boom, a month is a significant.
1: Right. And so away you go. There, we broil the bill. And then step two is we savor the savings. And what I mean by that is if we just leave that $175 in our checking account, guess what's going to happen to it?
0: I'm going to spend it somewhere else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> It'll be gone. So right away, we want to lock that in. And you know, if your listeners have high interest rate debt, they have a lot of credit cards at 20 or 26% interest, that's a toxic sludge. You've got to get rid of that right away. So we're going to pay those off using this freed up cash flow. And we're going to pay our cards every month. That you have to do. Anything else is crazy. And then if we have more cash than what we need for debt, then we want to give that to our financial advisor. We want to get that money invested. So then we're going to grow that money. And the beauty is, well, I'm at my Eagles concert and I'm having fun or I'm playing my guitar or I'm out kayaking. My money is growing away. It continues to grow and work, whatever I'm doing. So this is what happens. We're going to broil a bill and we want to savor the savings and, and get that working for you right away. And, When we broil a bill, in the book, um, there's 60 recipes and they cover every aspect of our living. So there's things on housing, on transportation and food, which are typically the three biggest ones. There's three more sections, 10 recipes per section. And then the other three are household, lifestyle and financial. So every aspect of our life, we're going to go in and we're going to grind down these bills Free up the cash and get that cash working for us even when we're not working.
0: Oh, I love that. All right. (laughs) Tell me more.
1: And you know what? Then you can get on to your... I love some of your other episodes. You know, got a lot of stuff about getting to a higher purpose and really living your life, enjoying your life and freeing yourself from all of these different things. And I think if we get our money tuned up, which as you can see in the book, you can do it really simply and easily. Then it it enables you to do different things. Sometimes after I I do a lot of speaking on the book for all kinds of different groups. And people come up to me sometimes. They say, well, this is great. I mean, I'm really convinced that using everything you're talking about, I could have an additional, you know, $3 million at retirement. But I don't really care about the money. I want to retire early and I want to go, you know, help the poor uh, somewhere or I want to build a church somewhere. And I say, great. When you have that money, you have freedom, you have options, you can do different things. Otherwise, like 64% of Americans, you're living paycheck to paycheck, and you just have to keep going to pay for all of these things. So it gives us options, it gives us freedom.
0: I love that you brought that aspect into this conversation, because we're talking about money, and money (sighs) is something that a lot of people consider as a necessary evil. And my main focus is not about money. It's about having a joyful, awesome, purpose-filled life. And money is an important part of that, that we have the freedom. It's not about that I'm all about getting the gazillion dollars. It's I want to be free. I want to be able to not be worrying about that so that I can feel at peace. Because, I mean, there are lots of things to worry about. And, you know, like if you've ever seen... um. Like in the movie Forrest Gump, where he says, oh, one less thing. What You don't have to worry about money. It's just one less thing. So um, anyway, super, super helpful that this is an important piece of the whole puzzle.
1: It absolutely is. And I often think about it. It's funny you do it as a circle. I think about, you know, where do people struggle? Well, to be candid, their finances are a disaster. If you speak <laughs> financial advisors, they'll tell you. People who make all kinds of money and have BMWs and kids in private school and private clubs and all the rest of it, they don't actually have money, a lot of them. They you know—they got a lot coming in and a lot going out, but they don't actually have wealth. So one of the other things I talk about in the book, one of the other steps, is starting to track your wealth and having some visibility in your wealth, which is just what you own Minus what you owe. And when you start to get some visibility to that, your whole headspace starts to change because you're saying, Hey, how do I grow that? And for some people, they want to have a lot of money and they want to, you know, I don't know, have a private jet and that's great. And other people, they just want to get freedom so they can go and pursue a passion or they want to uh, deliver more to, to their favorite charity, whatever it is. But you just get to generally a better place when your finances are at peace and when your money's working, when you're not working. That's a that's a lovely place to be, and it feels terrific. And I want all your listeners to have it.
0: I love that, and how yeah. wonderful that you clarified what wealth is. It's right. not just having a, a a lifestyle that looks abundant to everyone who sees me on Facebook and sees how many trips I've been on, and my car, and my house, and whatever. But it's actually that. Then you repeat it again: our our what we own minus what we owe. Is that how you put it?
1: That's it exactly. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes people call that net worth and I just hate the term because I sure hope my net worth on this planet is not just (laughs) what I own minus what I owe. Hopefully I'm delivering more. So I like the term wealth better. And I like people um, when they start out, I like people to track that monthly, which sounds a bit onerous. You just set up a spreadsheet. You can do it on a cocktail napkin, however you want to do it. But you're just going to lay out, okay, what's left to owe on my mortgage? How much is the house roughly worth now? You know, what do I have in my Roth IRA, my 401k, etc. Then what do I have in my debts, my credit cards and all the rest of it? And you just take a moment and update that on your own or with your partner every month. And you can start to see what should be happening, hopefully, is that the what you owe is dropping every month. And what you own is growing, your assets, your home, your 401k, your Roth IRA, whatever. And so what happens is you're building more and more freedom to do with what you want. And then you go figure out what your higher purpose is. But let's get the money off your plate.
0: Oh, that is so beautiful. And my mind is is turning and churning about the things that you've said so far and I'm thinking about this concept of wealth and how it means different things to so many different people right. as far as, you know, how much I'm spending, what, what school my kids are attending and whatever, maybe your Eagles tickets or, or, or something like that, where it feels to them like if I am, if I am buying, if I am accumulating, then whether it be stuff or experiences, then that increases my wealth. And it's true a little bit. But not if it's debt financed. If, if we have if we can do these things and it's not a, a joy today that's a headache tomorrow, then by all means, yes, enjoy. but, um, but the idea of, of kind of, of paying attention to that that whole picture, I think is a really big deal. And there's different ways to do it. it, mean, it might mean something different to you than it does to me as far as where I feel peaceful, where I feel, you know, that, that joy and that satisfaction. I've heard it once described um, from another author named uh, Dr. Shannon Brooks, that he described uh, finances, not in how much you own in, in terms of dollars, but in terms of time, where he said, he said, if, if you didn't have a paycheck today, how many days or weeks or months could you maintain your standard of living? Or or ate any could you keep eating and living indoors, kind of thing, and and so it was it was a different approach in terms of time that that balance between our inflow and and what's going out, and if if I'm spending a gazillion dollars a month, in and that's uh, not just because I have it and then I'm spending it, but because my bills and it's those bills are going to come, and my paycheck stops, I'm in a world of hurt. Whereas if I, you know, have that much in the bank and I choose to do what I choose to do and then the paycheck stops, like, oh, okay, well, I, you know, I won't do that for till I get my next paycheck. It it doesn't have that uh, panic and stress involved when, when those bills just keep, they don't stop. You know, you mentioned how you want to be able to go to your concert. You want to be able to sleep. You want to do all these awesome, wonderful things. And have your money be working for you. And for a lot of people, it's exactly the opposite. No matter how hard they're working or all the things they're doing, the bills are just, you know, they don't stop. They keep eating at you until, I don't know, until they're satisfied.
1: You know, it was Albert Einstein said it best. And he said, compound interest, which we could also think of as compound growth, is the eighth wonder of the world. And then he says, he who understands it earns it. He who doesn't pays it because <laughs> that compound growth, you know, if, if you follow the things that we lay out in flow cookbook, you get your money working for you through minimal effort, minimal sacrifice. It keeps growing. And if you do it right, it's growing faster than you could spend it. And when that happens, then there is no stress whatsoever, but it frees you up, which might maybe want to do a fun thing. And if it's a beautiful day outside, I'll go for a bike or a kayak if I don't have a speaking engagement somewhere or if it's rainy, you know, I'll grab a guitar from behind me on the rack and start playing. And my lead singer wife will come and join <laughs> me. <laughs> and we have a great, and we don't have an HR department here. You know, we just have fun. And, you know, one of my clients who's a financial advisor uh, here in Ohio. And, uh, he mentioned that he was a boy scout troop leader. And I said, you know, I'd love to do a talk for your boy scouts. And, uh, he said, oh, well, we don't really have any budget. I said, you know what? It's your Boy Scouts. I'm not going to charge you for it. I'd love to do mm-hmm. that. And that would be a wonderful thing. And so um, they were age, uh, what was it, 11 to 17. And I went down to speak to this troop of Boy Scouts. They're all in their uniforms. And it was just a fabulous night. I was, I just had the time of my life. I just was up on stage with them. They were all there. They were really keen. A bunch of dads were there taking notes. And uh, we get to the Q&A. And they blew me away. I said, what questions do you have? 11 to 17. They said, well, what are your thoughts about non-fungible tokens And are like, is that a good thing to invest in? And then somebody else said, tell me a bit about cryptocurrencies. Like, which ones do you like the most? And somebody else said, the official frontier of investing, do you buy into that theory or how would you view this? Anyway, I couldn't get out of there. These 11 to 17 year old boys with these fabulous questions, a bunch of the dads had questions, And it was a wonderful night. And you know what? I I didn't, I didn't, there's no bill. You know, I just did that to help them because I can. And when you're financially secure, you can do fun things. You can do charitable things. You can help others. You can self-actualize. And I think it's eminently doable uh, for anyone. These are simple principles. That's why it's a cookbook. They're just recipes. You just follow the recipe.
0: And that is what I love about this is you make it sound like I can do it.
1: You know what? I'll give you another example. Everybody can do all of these things. So I'll give you a personal example. That's all right. So I had to take some uh, cholesterol-lowering pills. Lots of people take them. So I did what everyone did. You know, I saw my doctor, blood test, okay, we're going to have to start you on these pills. I have to take them for the rest of my life. So, um, I leave the doctor's office and of all the luck, there's a pharmacy right there, which of course is not lucky because they plant themselves right by doctor's offices. I said, Hey, you know, here's the pills. Here's the prescription. And, uh, pharmacist is, yep, yeah, great. You know, here you go. And, um, I said, how much are they? And she said, well, it'll run you $108 a month. And I thought, well, that's, you know, I got to do this forever. So that's, you know, $108. It's, it's, you know, a decent Little size spending. sum of money. I said, well, that's a little pricey. And she said, well, um, if you get our drug card, then you can get them for sixty-eight dollars a month. That's a big drop. I said, how much is the drug card? Well, it's twenty dollars a year. So I think I'm a genius. So I give her the twenty dollars. I get the annual drug card. My prescription just dropped by about forty percent, from one hundred eight to sixty-eight dollars. So I was out for dinner that night with my brother-in-law. I'm telling the story and you know bragging about how smart I am. And he says, no, no, no. He says, you don't want to. You want to use one of the online Pharmacy is much cheaper. So he suggested one, GoodRx. And th- they flowed a little bit. So in this case, it uh, turns out they weren't the cheapest one. But it was about $13 a month on GoodRx. 108 68 13 And remember, I have to take them for the rest <laughs> of my life. So then I thought, well, obviously we're not done. It's dropping so quickly. I got online and I found a company called Blink Health. So I get my pills, $7 a month. Wait for it delivered to my house. So I don't even leave the house. I don't even get out of my chair. My bills come to the house. I didn't even know how that covers the postage, $7 a month versus 108 at the pharmacy. So if you don't know these tricks up you there's tons of your listeners right now who are merrily buying their prescription drugs from one of the big, uh, you know, big box drug stores. And that's crazy. So all of these things, um, there's a, I'll give me another example. There's a website, Um, You can go on. It's all on my website, cashflowcookbook.com. In the ingredients section, I have all the vendors who can help you. So it's a medical website. You can go on and type in any procedure and you'll see the prices at every hospital and clinic around. Really? Yeah. And the difference is astonishing. There's one that was a blood test. It varied in price from $17 to $353. So you know, healthcare is a huge thing. The average um, American pays a deductible of forty three hundred dollars a year, mm. and I don't think it's hard to slash that in half. That's you know, there's two hundred dollars a month. So there's opportunities in everything. Often it's unglamorous things like prescription drugs or healthcare, but every aspect: car insurance, home insurance, even house taxes, house mortgages, student loans. All of these things can be readily slashed with minimal effort.
0: I love it. And that brings kind of full circle to your example in the beginning where if I'm going to a concert, it's worth paying some money to get a good seat. But if I'm getting the same insurance or the same prescription medication or the same whatever, there's no benefit to me to pay that extra money. And so it doesn't hurt me to spend less. In fact, it feels good.
1: Well, you know, look at it this way. So if I can go, if I can find $400 a month of savings, and if I can invest that for 40 years, that's a million dollars. Nice. So now a lot of people say, the 20-year-olds will say, well, but hang on, I'll be 60 years old then. And my response to them is, I'm 60 years old right now. And I can tell you, I'd really be happy if my 20-year-old younger self did this because I'd have an extra million dollars right now. That would feel fantastic. So, and, you know, people say, well, you know, I'm going to be, you know, I'm, I'm 45. I'm going to be retiring in 20 years at 65. Why are you talking about this 40-year stuff? Well, because if you're 45, the odds tell me you're going to make it to 85 and you're going to want the money then. So you don't spend all of your retirement money the day you turn 65 or whenever you choose to retire. You've got to provide for the 70-year-old you and the 75-year-old you and the 85-year-old you and increasingly the 90- or 95-year-old you. But it's just a matter of following these steps and literally anyone can do it. You know, dozens and dozens of examples.
0: I love that you talk about the different ages because I know when we talk about the basic plan of the... Uh, budget and save your 10% and they talk about that you should start this when you're at age 20 and then you'll have this awesome retirement and the reality is at age 20 usually you're a poor starving college student and there isn't a lot to save so I love the idea of saying whatever you can at whatever age if today is your starting day then today is a good day
1: right and I would say you know if you're 20 these things are really important because, to your point, you've got all this time to compound. You can get a massive fortune together. But I would also say, you know what, if you're 65, you use the principles of the book. If you can lower your burn rate from $4,000 a month to $2,700 a month, heck yeah. I mean, that's going to make a really big difference <laughs> in your retirement. Right?
0: It makes a difference ah. in that, it well, I'm going to use the B word, the budget, it, it, in my budget right now. Like for, for this, for this month or for whatever, if I can, if I can drop that bill. So at any time, this is a really good idea. Oh, Gordon, thank you. Thank you for figuring things out. And, and you're so awesome because it takes intelligence to figure it out. And I think it takes some kindness and generosity to pay it forward and to say, look, this is what I've learned. And you know what? It's a true principle, and that means it's going to work for you, too. So thank you for sharing.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure.
0: And thank you for visiting with me today.
1: Yeah, no, a real pleasure to be here. Thank Uh, you so much, Linda.
0: Pleasure for me as well. In closing, I'd like to share a quote by Roger Babson. He said, more people should learn to tell their dollars where to go instead of asking them where they went. Today, I invite you to make one change to improve your financial well-being. See you next time on Linda's Corner. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of Linda's Corner, please share and subscribe to help us reach new listeners. I also invite you to check out my nonprofit, Hope for Healing, at the website hopeforhealingfoundation.org for free ebooks, free audiobooks, and other free resources to help increase happiness, build confidence and self esteem, strengthen relationships, manage stress, and calm feelings of depression and anxiety. I also invite you to grab a copy of one of my books, like Crushed A Journey Through Depression, or Amazon bestseller, You Got This an action plan to calm fear, anxiety, worry, and stress. See you next time on Linda's Corner.